0: Bully grief. Now, those are two words that probably don't seem like they would fit on a show called Happy Brain, right? Well, let's think again, my friends. We're going there today. Bully and grief just might make your brain happy. Welcome to another episode of Happy Brain. My name is Heather Parody, and thank you for joining us as we explore the fun side to mental health by digging into the simple hacks and fun tips to make your mental health journey more enjoyable and your brain a little happier. Hey, y'all. Welcome to today's episode. My name is Heather Parody. If this is your first time listening, I'm so grateful you are here. We look at outside-of-the-box ways to keep your brain happy, stay mentally healthy on this crazy, crazy journey we are all on called life. Amen. So I invite you to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this if you're new around here, if you haven't done so yet, drop us a rating and review. I'll give you a shout out on the show. I'm keeping this brief because I'm so excited for you guys to meet my friend, Jane Nicole. Jane Nicole calls herself the grief bully. Every time I'm around her, I just sip away and want to be a better human. She has a way for with words. She's an author, speaker, and the host of the grief bully podcast. All of her links are up in the show notes. Let's start it off, Jane Nicole. Why should we
1: bully grief? We should grieve because. It's inevitable to live life without sorrow. And so unless you plan to run for the rest of your life from all of your issues pertaining to your mental health, then you're not grieving because grieving is the outward, excuse me, grieving is the inward thinking process of your sorrow. So we actually should mourn, which is the outward expression of such. So, tears, speaking about it, journaling, therapy, all of those things are actually mourning your losses, your sorrow, and allowing you to move through your grief, if that makes sense.
0: Is grieving a bad thing?
1: No. I think grieving, I don't think grieving is a bad thing at all, because I think when it comes to your mental health and wellness, you've got to take action and grief again. Is inevitable. So if you lose loved ones, if you're divorced, if you lose a job, if you don't get a job, get a promotion, lose your pet, all of those things are going to happen. So to think that that would be bad would be then to advocate for not taking control and responsibility for your healing because the sorrow is going to be there. So grieving, in my opinion, is the active approach, the decision that I don't want to stay where I'm at, I don't want to let this bottle of emotions, if you will, just take over me and rob me of my life, my joy, my peace and my happiness. So I do not think that grieving is wrong or bad. I think it's an amazing thing to do because there's so much possibility on the other side of it. But if you don't step up to it, you'll never see that. Why away we bully grief. It's just like getting in a ring. You're going to stand there and get punched all day long or you're going to start swinging back. It's, it's one of those things. So when it comes to bullying it again, You're standing up for yourself and you're saying, hey, I didn't choose for this life event, this life-changing, altering event to happen to me, but because it did happen to me, I'm going to fight back. I'm going to fight like hell. I'm going to use every tools and resources that think of the tools and resources like the coach in the corner, like the training that you put in the gloves that you put on the mouthpiece, the water, like all these different aspects that you can put together so that you have a better shot at fighting is really what's important. So we're going to bully it because we're not going to let it push us around. If you choose to, then that's on you. But we should definitely bully our grief.
0: Can you give me an example of letting grief bully me versus me bullying
1: it? Absolutely. I think one of the first things that come to mind there would be silence. So grief allowing you to become silent and not use your voice as a, a weapon if you will, is a a prime example of that. Because when you use your voice and you speak and you speak things into existence and you gain power, that's you fighting back and bullying your grief. But if you allow your pain, the sorrow, the agony, the fact that you don't understand, that's one thing. The mere fact that you don't understand what these feelings are, what these emotions are, if you let that silence you, you get into a shell, you kind of can maybe get towards depression and things like that. That's an example, having your voice and not having your voice is bullying your grief. And when I say bullying, I mean, fighting back or or not fighting back, letting somebody or something, if you will, take from you and you just stand there and are defenseless and don't fight back. What's your
0: story with all this? Why did you decide to dedicate your life, give so much time, energy, effort? I know you do to this topic.
1: There are so many people right now suffering. From grief, I am constantly the DMs, the conversations that I'm having with people. What it shows me is that what I was going through in my personal grief after my losses, the sorrow, which I didn't have the vocabulary at the time to identify those emotions. I now know what they are. But in the infancy of my introduction with grief, I had no idea. I was lost. I was confused. I felt like I was going out of my mind. And most importantly, I felt like no one else understood but how wrong was I? Because there's tons of people that understand, but they also may not have the language and being able to advocate for themselves. So they're voiceless. So that's why I do it because I am a grief bully and I'm not afraid to fight back. And I'm not afraid to do that on your behalf or their behalf until they're ready. But sometimes we can't get ready until we see it's possible. So if I can see someone else saying, hey, wow, they lost their dad, they lost their grandmother, they lost a close friend that was only 25 out of nowhere, but they're still smiling, they're still advocating, they're still talking, they're still podcasting and working and being a wife and being a child and doing all those things, and it is possible. You can read as many books as you want, but if you can't physically, in my opinion, see that happening, especially someone that you can touch, someone that's tangible, someone that you see and you know and you follow and you witness them. I think it just has great healing power. So I'm a life impacted communicator for that reason. For those people who don't have their voice, I'm going to be that person for you. How do I know that I'm grieving in a healthy way? That can be tricky. That can be tricky because I think that everyone's healing process is absolutely unique. And I think oftentimes too, how we do life is how we do loss. So what might look like healthy for me might not be particularly healthy for you. So some people might, I guess, an unhealthy way could be substances. So if that's leaning towards drugs, alcohol, even alcohol, because that is legal. Sometimes I think that can get overlooked as far as an unhealthy way. But what I would say is is healthy is you have to look at how you feel now and and where you are now emotionally and then where you want to be. And what that looks like to you, because what I think might be healthy for you or you getting closer to happiness or or happy that I want you to see, that might not be your definition. You perhaps might not want to work through your pain to get back to work. You might say, this has now changed me where getting back to work is no longer my vision for myself. This is now my vision for myself. So I think it's hard to put a finger right on what healthy, what I, how you would know that your grieving is healthy is going to have to be a measurement of, of self. And also why I advocate for professional professionals to help you because I think that they would be able to guide you along that a little bit better. But I will say I would not compare my level of healthy grieving to the five stages of grief. Mm. I have a total person who is not an advocate for them they are not linear and it's our go-to it's our crutch in terms of grief when we speak of it in mental health and it wasn't created for that it was created to help someone cope and deal with their own mortality not for someone to to be able to grieve and be a bereaved person after losses in their life while they're living Another model that's better to compare that to, I guess, would be the Dr. Lois Tonkin's model of growing around your grief so it doesn't shrink, you grow. And that's a better way to, to assess that, if you will, rather than saying, oh, I didn't hit anger. I didn't denial, OK, and then I got to go through all of these stages and then woo-hoo, I've healthy grieved and I am on my way. That's not true because you will not overcome grief. It's not a problem to be solved. So if you're measuring healthy grieving by getting to the end of this line, it's just, it's not, it's not happening.
0: She mentioned the five stages of grief. If you don't know what that is, it's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. I linked up a really helpful article in the show notes, along with the model that Jane Nicole recommends, Tompkins model of grief. Again, all that is up in the show notes, but I wonder if Jane Nicole has grieving made your brain happy.
1: Yes. How? It has made my brain happy because it has showed me the depths of myself. And it has made me happy feeling that like anything that's thrown at me. I used to think that the day, and I could get emotional, the day that my grandmother died, before she died, this is years before she died, I always felt in my mind my life would be over. There would be no more purpose. Like I just wouldn't have the same... It just wouldn't matter anymore. Like everything I've worked so hard to do to take care of her, to make her proud, to do all these things, like not be able to have her love and support in a tangible way. I just felt like it will all be over. And she passed away in 2016. This is happening in 2021. And I'm here and I'm smiling. And so that makes my brain happy. So whatever else comes to me in my life, if I've got through that, if I'm working through that constantly, I can do anything. And that's got to give you a certain level of happiness because otherwise you'll just be defeated and, and feel sad and feel scared about the, the things in life that are beyond your control. So it makes me happy to know that. And also the impact that I've had on other people's lives through conversations around grief makes me extremely happy.
0: Big thank you to Jay Nicole for coming on today's episode. Her IG and podcast is linked up in the show notes. The Grief Bully, you can find her everywhere. But before we go, I wondered if there was anything left about grieving that I did not ask.
1: Don't be scared. Don't be scared of it. Don't be scared. It's it's very un, unknown. And don't compare yourself in your healing journey to anyone else. It's yours. It's unique to you. Move through it at your own pace. Slow progress is still progress. Just don't stop going. You deserve it.
0: I hope that gave you some hope today, my friends. And listen, whether it's learned optimism, shaking your booty, or hey, bullying grief. We hope you take a moment for yourself today, my friends, to keep that brain of yours happy. Thank you for listening to another episode of Happy Brain. If you enjoyed this, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have an extra second, leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. And until next time, my friends, keep that brain of yours happy.